When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Welcome to Worst Year Ever, a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to the worst year ever. We'll get through it together or not. Everything is so dumb, 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 Oh, boy. It's a podcast. Sure is, from what I heard. Legally distinct from a TV show. Uh, the pods are out. I mean, they're, they're they're legally distinct, sure, but also mm-hmm. technically very distinct in and of itself yes. in that it's an audio medium and not visual at all. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love audio meetings, mediums. I love mm-hmm. mediums. I like just going and talking to mediums. Mm-hmm. I do too. Ghosts. And yeah, talk about past lives and things like that. Past lives, all sorts of good shit. Um, guys, I... <laughs> I have if we're if we're talking past lives, everyone's gonna kill me online. Oh, but yeah. yes, I have talked to a this. psychic who told me mm-hmm. we can cut it out. You can uh-huh. there's no, two no, no, things go on, this go psychic. On, go on. Cody already knows this, or you should. Uh, I'm, well, I'm one sure he does. Was that yeah. I saved a lot of Jewish people in World War II. I like say I hid people in like uh That's my basement. Good. And I was That's like, Yeah, I'm that good. checks out. But then um the the psychic also told me that I I was a dolphin, and mm-hmm, I died good. really violently, and that's oh, why no. I have an aversion to water. And I, I do am... have, I am a little afraid of the ocean, but don't all dolphins die in the ocean? I, I am choosing to believe Most. that your past life was a dolphin who helped rescue Jewish people <laughs> during I the think, Nazi years. Like, and I think was murdered. that yeah. that's a story worth telling. And mm-hmm. please, everybody on Reddit especially, keep your opinions about me on, <laughs> going to see a fucking psychic. Who gives a shit? To yourself. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Like motherfucking funny fun diversion sometimes. Mm. It's 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 fine. It's and fine. Jokes on you when you come back as an ant motherfucker. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> an, an ant that also saves people during yeah some sort of genocide. Some, some sort know, of genocide. genocide. Some sort of genocide. The Schindler Oscar Schindler of ants. Um, yeah. <clears throat> you know what I saved? Much more a bunch impressive. of money for not going to a psychic. Ha-ha. That's good. That's good. This one actually is a sliding scale that you pay okay. afterwards. Okay, so good. fuck so, like, everybody. <laughs> so if you no, didn't but, like what they said, then no, so she, she just like... really wanted it to be affordable for whomever wanted her services. That's nice. So and you don't pay till more... afterwards. I, I was thinking I was poor. Like if she tells you your past life was Heinrich Himmler, you can be like, "Well, I'm not paying for this." Well, yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, I don't want to check it out. You already um, took Cody, my time. You're not taking my money, Cody. She also uh, said that you're my twin, so she did. Oh, say that's that. cool. Mm-hmm. That's it's true. Honestly, there's a lot going on here that is worth unpacking, but not for this show. That, <laughs> there is. There is. You know what is worth unpacking? I watched a, a TV show that I I liked pretty good recently. What is it? Advice. 
Reruns yeah. of the community? No, I do that a lot. But no, mm. the animated... Well, actually, this is does tie into that. Cause the animated <clears throat> Harley Quinn series, which I'm not a particular fan of any of those comics, but one of the characters... They have the Riddler is played by Jim Rash, who does the Dean oh. in Community. Oh, and they have the Riddler. Riddler. They have the Riddler be patterned off of the Dean from Community. It's yeah, very fun. It's it's That's, good. It's good. It's a good call. I love call. that. Yeah. Um, oh, he'd make such a funny Riddler. Oh, oh he, would, he would be the perfect Riddler. I'm like yes. surprised that he didn't wear a Riddler costume on Community at one point. Mm-hmm. It's it's he's it's it's pretty good. It's a pretty um, good show. I enjoyed fun, it a lot. Uh, if you enjoy Jim Rash and his antics and superheroes, I love and the Jim Riddler, Rash, um, the Oscar-winning writer Jim Rash. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, check out uh, <laughs> Sky High if you're familiar with the movie Sky no, High. No, I've never seen that. You've seen uh, this before, and I have, I have not seen it. It's a uh, so it's a uh, it's a superhero thing it's from like ten years ago, fifteen years mm-hmm. ago, and it's a sidekick hero school. It's like a high school. Uh, oh, thing. Yeah, this sounds uh, right up my like, alley. Yeah, like uh, two of the kids in the hall are in it. Um, Bruce Ooh. Campbell is in it. Bruce uh, Campbell? Bruce and Campbell. Jim Rash are and in a Jim, thing together? Jim Rash, and he Holy really Jim shit. Rashes it up. Uh, oh, fuck Kurt Russell me. Is in Kurt it? Russell? Uh, Kurt Russell, like a... Jim Rash, and Bruce Campbell are in yeah. a thing together? Yeah. It's oh, my God. Oh, my um, God. Also, if you're a fan of Succession, Greg from Succession is also in it. Get out. How yeah. long ago was this made? Uh, I want to say like 15 years ago. So he was like a kid. Uh, early. Yeah. Uh, it's from 2005. So yeah. He was no, he was not yet uh, New York's most eligible. No, no, bachelor. no. I like, it was, uh, I've watched two shows recently. Another, so another, if you watch The Expanse. Vampire Diaries. <laughs> uh, no, if you watch The Expanse, the main guy the, on The Expanse, uh, what's his name? Any I mean, Holden is the, the main guy in the Expanse. Holden, yeah, I, I, but I've never Expanses, watched the show. Really. Cody okay. Expanses, Cody Thank I, you, I don't the ex- like the all, show you very all you all you Expanses and Expanse heads out there. Um, he, the I watched the entire first season. I was like, I know you from something. What are you from? What is this? What is this? What is this actor from? But I wouldn't look it up until the final season or till the end of the season because I wanted to give myself a chance. I didn't figure it out. Uh, he's also from Sky High. <laughs> Well, damn. Um, so The Expanse and Succession, uh, two uh, amazing shows with great actors. I mean, I don't know much high. about any of that, but the fact that Jim Rash, Kurt Russell, and Bruce Campbell mm-hmm. are in a thing oh, yeah. together has completely changed the world for me. Mm-hmm. Dave Foley, Kevin McDonald, they're all there. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Cody, you're making mm-hmm. this case. You're making Not, a strong case. I'm saying. And that's what I'm saying. I'm going to go watch that for sure. Yeah. It's very fun. <laughs> I bet neither of you has watched Patriot yet. That's what I bet. I bet neither of you Mm -hmm. has watched my recommendation that you're going to love. There's a time. I have not. There's a time. I seem to have killed the vibe here. Mm -hmm. Um. (laughs) I've watched, I mean, I don't normally watch new stuff, but but I'll I'll try Patriot. I've got to try Patriot and I got to try Peacemaker. People keep talking about Peacemaker. I'm watching Peacemaker and I got to say, so far it's entertaining. I'm a little too anxious and um for a lot of too much violence right now, uh which mm-hmm. is funny that I'm recommending Patriot. You know, even if it but it's mm-hmm. really good um and the intro is so fucking good. I play it, I rewind it over and over and I'm trying I've, to learn the I dance. I have seen the intro, that's all I've seen, but trying to learn the dance, it always hits nice. Well, seems like we're all having a good time on TV. Oh yeah, I'm really sure trying to avoid. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure the world is doing just as well, well as television is. I, I, as part of that transition, <laughs> part of my problem with Peacemaker and TV in general right now is that I can't get through an episode. Um, I'm feeling wound up. I check my phone and then I'm reading something. I'm having a hard time tuning oh, out. I'm trying desperately. So in the world, yeah, uh, Robert. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me just Google <laughs> he the said world. Yeah, in the t- I'm gonna I'm gonna Google the world and I'm gonna scroll over to the news mm-hmm. tab and I'm yeah, gonna yeah. see what's going on. Uh oh. Oh wow. There's there's yeah. actually quite a few problems news. happening right. Although this Caribbean uh, destination was just named the best beach in the world. That's number that- three, so things can't yeah, be yeah, so yeah. bad. Yeah. That's not so bad. I is that Grace, one of those Crystal really? Islands? Really? Grace I mean the article about the Ukraine war stoking food insecurity is like six down. So clearly, yeah, it's Caribbean less important than five tricks to help you think like the world's greatest designers. <laughs> yeah, so I think things but are more doing important a- than the best places in the world to retire. Something that is good. That do. is good that our priorities are really locked locked in. Um, cool, cool. Yeah. cool. I think we figured it all out. That's yeah. the episode, seems, guys. Seems fine. Oh, where do we want to start? At the well, end. 
Bye, everybody. Um, so, right. so, uh, so, <laughs> did you guys know that now San Diego is ranking as the least affordable city to buy a house over San Francisco? Wow, really? Of that all the things happened, that changed quick. Yeah. Was San, also, was San Diego like close behind? I don't know. I, it was never in the top in my head, at least. I was yeah. like, that's fascinating. So I would think that maybe during the pandemic, um, so I went when the fires were really bad here. I mean, again, during the pandemic, it's ongoing. Um, but the, that lockdown year, I'll start saying, um, uh, when the fires were really bad, I went to San Diego. I, I, I went to college in San Diego. So I went there for the weekend to like escape some of the smoke because you couldn't go outside um, in L.A. And the hotel was filled with people from San Francisco. So mm. maybe there's something about them like wanting to stay in California, but like being fed up. Right. I mean, it's interesting. Obviously, this is anecdotal. <laughs> like, like all people who live in California, I thought slightly more often about San Diego than I do about Sac did about Sacramento. And I never thought about Sacramento. Look, I got to tell you that I do not recommend moving to San Diego. I lived in San Diego. I was very depressed in San Diego. Um, I dropped out of school mm -hmm. for a little bit and had to like muscle yeah. build up the courage to go back because I hated living in San Diego. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's everyone calls pretty, it America's hell basket. But it's yeah, it's just mm -hmm. attracts all these. I'm sorry if you're from there's lots of lovely people. It's a, and they're no, probably it's a filthy, offending. violent town. Horrible place. It's, there's there's no there's really no one good there. Much like no, Russia, not, is not this a, a good pivot? Good person. <laughs> you're like wow, every week you're like reporting on like the violent protests in Portland, and you're like San Diego's so fucking violent. A, a hive of scum and villainy. The filth surges okay. above the waterline. Tacos, beautiful, beautiful. But you guys, tacos. Wonderful Mexican food. Tacos. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it is it is beautiful. It's, it's just a very nice town. People <laughs> that I don't <laughs> want to hang out with. I just felt lonely and isolated and like I couldn't yeah. find friends. I had my Because I there was either like rich conservatives or a bunch of very drunk frat boys. It was mm. like Speaking of drunk Well, it sounds like college was your, your experience. Like, it's like it's not San Diego. It's like, oh, you just didn't like I mean, college for a while, right? San Diego. Well, no, was I didn't like college in San Diego. In San Diego. I think yeah. that I would have enjoyed college at berkeley but i Possibly. know i needed to move to the other end of the state to get away from my family this I isn't had, therapy it's news time speaking of oh, speaking I, of, I, I was about to no, go full this is therapy now the, <laughs> this is now the shit talking san diego podcast uh -huh. i mean we've covered we, my we draw a line in my the dicey sand. my dicey past lives um, give it back to mexico Katie, i had yeah. my yeah. worst break ever. i had my worst breakup of my life in san diego with a drunk frat boy mm -hmm. see there you go there it is they're drawn to it. And there's yeah. other people. I just Yeah. I've been saying for years California should end at Temecula and we should have a 30-mile <laughs> DMZ where nothing is allowed to live. No, I feel we, bad we, because we just boil the earth to keep San Diego away. So we keep Temecula though? Cuz mm. what has Temecula done? Well, Temecula <laughs> is turned into a giant DMZ where no life is allowed to thrive in order to protect okay. us from San Diego. I didn't, uh, isn't I that didn't where Abe's mean parents to do live? this, you guys. I just it might thought be. it was interesting. It might be. <laughs> My partner's from San Diego. All right. She got, I have a friend she, in San Diego. It's fine. Just, just throwing that out there. Really, Honestly, the only really problem with San Diego tacos. is you got to deal with Border Patrol Delicious way more tacos. often Delicious than you're ever going to want to deal with Border Patrol. Horrible frat boys. Great tacos. Mm -hmm. like, we um, need to talk about the news. Yeah, the news. The news. Yeah. Do we? We're, we're really nailing it so far this week. So earlier today in the news, uh, earlier today in the news, uh, bipartisan effort to uh, keep the daylight savings time all year round uh, so it passed in the Senate. That's and amazing. That's the end It's of the amazing news. the things that we can agree on. Um, Question. Yeah. Daylight yeah, savings up? is what we're in now. We just we just sprang forward into daylight savings. Yeah, I believe we are currently in. Because in, I just do yeah. not ever need it to switch back. That's the one, like, let's not do this bullshit switch. This is the good one, right? We all agree this is the good one. Um, this is allegedly the good one, depending on where you live and what time of year it is. So I support um, the national policy uh, benefiting me individually, mm -hmm, and I like mm -hmm. this. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't even have, like, strong feelings about daylight savings. I do. I, think, uh, I know that, like, it but bothers it. people twice a year. <laughs> Um, for like a day and it's a half. It's just unnecessary, and I, I do resent losing um, yeah. 
an hour of daylight when your days are naturally getting shorter. And for a lot of people that work all day, that is really detrimental to their mental health mm-hmm. um, and productivity. And... I don't like the sun going down at 4 or 5 p.m. Don't get me wrong. So that's but, the point. Well, yeah, but now you're going to have... I think... out, like you're going to have kid, a lot of kids like going to school like when it's like dark for two hours. Yeah, fuck them. They're um, kids. Who gives a shit? Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, that's my attitude. Personally, well, I mean, the solution is just like have school start later, per, which per, is a solution but, anyway. But but if the sun goes down uh, earlier, that kids don't go to school now anyway. It's less cold. heat though. Mm. Less heat, less air conditioning needed. More breezy. Mm. So there's a positive there. Wait, what? Um, I was saying if the sun goes down earlier in the day. And you don't, then it gets cooler earlier in the day, and then you don't. Sure, need... but it, that has nothing to do with how we quantify time and like no, set no, the no, standard. No. <laughs> no, but I was, I was like one of the few people was like, oh no, the sun's gonna be out later, which means it's going to be hotter in my home. I oh I sure think yeah, it should never be dark before seven p.m. And whatever violence we have to do on an international <laughs> scale to ensure that this is the way everyone lives is is worth it. Mm-hmm. That's my attitude. You know what, Robert? I agree with you. Okay, mm-hmm. thank you. Maybe not Thank completely, you. but I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, fine. Uh, I guess I'm alone in my principles of not caring, but that's just the way it is. So, speaking of, you know, San Diego, here's the sponsors of this show, which are the San Diego real estate industry. San Diego, apparently, you can't get a house here now. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Ah, we're back. And uh, let's talk about no-fly zones. You guys want to discuss this? Yeah, we're done praising the Senate for taking the time to pass bipartisan uh, permanent savings. It's a little bit like if you've ever had a friend who's like, you, you care about them, but their alcoholism is leading them to risk other people's lives by constantly driving drunk. Mm. And like one time they take a cab home instead of like driving hammered home from a party. And mm-hmm. you're like, well, I'm glad they did that. But also clearly this they're going to drive drunk again. Like mm-hmm. the, the problem has not been. So yeah, that's that, how yeah. that's how I feel about the Senate passing mm-hmm. this where it's like, yeah, well, I'm glad you guys decided to do one thing. But I feel like you're going to hit four kids crossing an intersection because you yeah. get drunk at 11.30 I, in the morning. Yeah. 
so I, my feeling, very similar. I feel, oh, good. That, I mean, to me, it's a thing that I, I would, I think is good and would like to see happen. But also that, that's the thing yeah. that we're doing. Well, that's where you can agree on. This, yeah. this is where also, we come together, huh? Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I mean, bipartisanship uh, is usually like, let's give the military $100 billion more dollars or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, I, I do, I will say I do resent the fact that if you're, so like you're, get, you're getting your daylight savings now, right? We're not changing the clocks anymore. I think nope. that is Fuck kind them. of an insult to everybody who had to change their clocks before now. That's right. So real. So we should keep it going because other people had to before now. So we should here's, change it. Here's the rule, Cody. I think anyone under eighteen, mm-hmm. after we make the change, mm-hmm. never allowed to eat oranges. Okay, that's well, the punishment. And I think that we need yeah. to also talk yeah. about. We're not allowed to um to talk about how we used to eat oranges mm-hmm. or um that there was ever a different time zone because mm-hmm. I think that might make people feel bad. In some way, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and we don't want anybody to feel bad about that. I do want them to feel bad. Hmm. I want uh, them to be filled with eternal rage at us for the fact that we get oranges. I want to just like sit on my front porch as children go by in school buses eating oranges and mocking them. Um, but, you know, this is the beauty of democracy. <laughs> we can have different opinions on these things. I also have to. I'm sorry. The bill, the actual bill is called the Sunshine Protection Act. But what? Which sounds like an environmental bill. <laughs> like it sounds like something about energy and like yeah. preservation or something. It's very like, I mean, I don't think they did it to like trick people, but it's just because that wouldn't get passed. But no, it's a funny name. So I don't know. I, I want to talk about like no fly zones. Yeah. Just and like part of it, I, I, I don't know. So. What, what what you have happening with Ukraine is the thing that happens with everything, and folks have been making this point for for week since the war started that like oh, all these people who were virology experts, you know, a, a couple of months ago, um, are now experts on Ukrainian politics or mm-hmm. experts on like NATO or whatever. Um, and yes, that's absolutely happening, and it's very frustrating. And there's nothing that I hate more than like fucking dilettante journalists who just kind of slide into whatever the thing is. Like, I started reporting on um, Ukraine in 2013. Um, I have not been doing it constantly, and that's part of why I've mostly just been sigma-boosting other people's uh, work and and not been kind of trying to make pronouncements about stuff. And it very much frustrates me to see the same people who are, like, coming out with half-formed bullshit about COVID restrictions based on their experience being the son of a publishing magnate or whatever the fuck um, Mm -hmm. are now talking shit about like what should be done in Ukraine. And it's, it's frustrating like comprehensively because um, there's on one hand you have these people like there was this fucking post going around like I, it was Ice Tea or Ice Cube, whatever, whatever Iced is the is the one who's most on Twitter who was like, you know, if one Russian soldier shoots one U.S. soldier, that's it. We're going to have a nuclear war, which is a stupid take. Because guess what? Russian soldiers and U.S. soldiers have shot each other a bunch of times in the recent past, as have soldiers from multiple other nuclear powers. It happens constantly. It happens between Pakistan and India. It happens between India and China. It happens between Russia and the United States. And nobody starts firing nukes over some fucking yahoos and whatever chunk of the world is shooting at each other because that would be bad for all of the people who are in charge of those countries. So number one, like you have these people who – whose like op- opinions on geopolitical conflicts are heavily based in like things they half remember from movies and assume are actual realities rather than like the US killed 300 Russian soldiers a couple of years ago with airstrikes in Syria and you know what it didn't make the news in most places nobody fucking cared <laughs> like nobody gave a shit because that's pretty normal um and so on the other end of things you have all these like kind of lib folks who are making these very clear statements about like a no-fly zone, you know, would be fine for this reason or fine for that reason. And, you know, sometimes we have to risk nuclear war for this and for that. And it's it's one of those like, I'm not even, I'm not even, because I, 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 I have, uh, I've talked to a lot of people who are alive because of no-fly zones in other parts of the world. So I'm certainly not like against the very concept of a no-fly zone. 
But I think there's a number of reasons why it's it's not going to be particularly effective in Ukraine. Like even if you kind of divorce the nuclear aspect, which is a major area which of is, concern. Yeah, yeah. Um, but even without that, even if like even if, if Putin said tomorrow, hey, you know what? No nukes. Like whatever happens, nobody's nobody's using nukes over this. If he were to like, which he would never would, but like if he were to say that, I don't think that instituting a no-fly zone would have a massive impact on the amount of civilian suffering because most of the killing of civilians based on what I am seeing and what I am reading from other analysts is being done by field artillery. Um, yeah. Which is not, and by like ballistic missiles and stuff, which I don't see, I don't think there's any real way that a no-fly zone is gonna like stop or reduce the amount of ballistic missiles. There's different ways it could be, like one of the issues is that when people talk about a no-fly zone, pro or negative, they are usually assuming that it is more of like a single fixed thing when there are a variety of ways in which it could be instituted. It's so like one of the questions is like, all right, if you believe that we should have a no-fly zone, should we just be stopping aircraft or are you tra- talking about stopping ballistic missiles from entering Ukrainian airspace? If that is the case, how are you going to do that without like actually moving in anti-missile defenses all throughout these areas where like they're bordered by Belarus and Russia because most of the ballistic missiles being shot into the country are being shot in across those national borders. And unless you're moving, you're either moving in like mobile anti-missile units that are like run by NATO troops, which is a real big escalation, or you're going to say like, we're, we're going to let them fire missiles in, but we're just going to stop aircraft, which is, again, not dealing with much of of the problem. I I don't tend to think that a no-fly zone is going to do much. I get why Zelensky and someone in Zelensky's position would be, like, advocating for it. I certainly don't blame him for it. He's in a pretty impossible fucking position. I just don't think it would do anything. I think at least on um, our end of things here, I think there was a moment on social media where it looked like they were not getting very good much traction. Ukraine was surprisingly holding people back and then everyone was like, we have to protect the skies. Like it felt to me like a, a very reactive thing in the moment that people kind of latched on to. It was part of this conversation, but like there's just so much Russia just has so many people on the ground. People want simple answers and people on like every sides on every like ideological side of this once once simple answers want to boil things down um to make like the problems and the solutions seem simple um and they they just aren't uh this is a yeah. very complicated messy war um and i think that if you're if you're someone who is saying that like i support the use i, I support the united states nato the eu whatever sending military aid. I think a strong case can be made that the aid that's already going there is the most effective way to do that without actually sending in ground troops directly to fight. Um, Like, I don't think there's other than, you know, I think there's a case to be made about like this, there's this issue going on right now with like trying to get Poland's MiGs and trying to get more fighter jets to Ukraine. You can talk about like ways to increase so-called lethal aid, you know, sending weapons over. Um, I think a strong case can be made that if if your concern is allowing the Ukrainian military to more effectively uh, fight the Russian military, that stuff matters quite a bit. I don't think a no-fly zone um, – I think the main thing that it would do is it would it would necessitate the moving of NATO and U.S. troops closer into a conflict where they would be more likely to get in fights, You know, where they would be more likely yeah. to get directly involved. Uh, which is messy for a bunch of very obvious reasons. Um, I also think a strong case can be made that like just sending in weapons is working relatively well. Um, and that there's really there, there, I don't see a, I don't see any simple ways, uh, NATO, the United States, the EU, whatever could significantly reduce civilian suffering Outside of the potential of negotiating actual <laughs> corridors through which civilians could flee, which Russia has a, at this point, fucking 15-year history of, yeah. like, setting up civilian corridors and then bombing yeah. them. This is what they I did mean, all throughout when Syria. that – just like, throughout this, as it's been evolving over the last few weeks, every time it's like a peace talk and then Putin agrees to this to not target civilians and then immediately target civilians or, like, the, the corridor. I was like – we, we had even more news yeah. that day. I was like, yeah – People are posting this. That's cool. I doubt it's going to happen. And of course, it immediately didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a question. Sure. Because, I mean, I am one of these people. I'm trying my best to not weigh in on things that I shouldn't weigh in on. And I'm doing my best to read everything and listen to things and learn, right, during this time. And and some of what's happening 
and like the headlines, at least as filtered through American media, which is, of course, sensationalist, um, makes it feel like Putin's just really pushing it, trying almost, almost tempting it. You know, saying d- bombing near borders, saying uh, sanctions are tantamount to war as well. You know, like it, it feels a little bit like he's well, laying the groundwork for something bigger sometimes. I mean, a couple of. But things is that like a very true. reactionary thing to say? Because no, no, like no. at this point, it kind of feels like for him. Digging in deeper is the only way out because like this is well, like, bad for him. This he's very much in that situation where like the only way out for him is through. But at the same but time, but so he's like also, if America gets involved, all of a sudden he's got a narrative that's bigger than him and plays into like nationalism and whatnot. I don't know. Well, no, I I don't think that's really. I don't think there's any like. I don't think there's any more the United States could be involved that he could actually make any use of from like a propaganda standpoint. Yeah. Because uh, number one, if you're paying attention to like what is being said in the Russian media, there's really no way to escalate kind of what they're saying. I don't think Putin wants a nuclear war because he's not a crazy person. He's a, he's doing what dictators do. He's gambling. Um, and he's gambling. Yeah. He was he was gambling at the start of this, I think, that it would be over in like three, four days. Um, he would effectively double the GDP of Russia, which taking Ukraine would have more or less done if it had been taken like intact. Right. Um, but... And then it, you know, that would have set up. He could have got, got some. He could have made some more moves in Georgia or Moldova. Like he would have had a bunch of options because he would have just done this thing and gotten away with it. And now he's bogged down into this fucking nightmare that is not going great for him. Um, I don't. I think one of the frustrating things is that I think there's a there's a long series of conversations that can and ought to be had about like, all right, well, this shit started in 2014. What could several U.S. presidential administrations have done to have made this outcome less likely? Um, and what could several U.S. presidential administrations have done in Syria to have made this outcome mm-hmm. less likely? But at the moment that we are in right now, I don't see a tremendous amount of things to be done other than uh, like – the war is going to go the way the war is going right. to go. Like, because yeah. uh, sending in U.S. ground troops, sending in NATO, not really an option. And and to its credit, like, I've, I've seen a bunch of shit on the left about how, like, Biden's clearly trying to, like, set up for a no-fly zone. I don't think the Biden administration has any fucking desire to do that. Well, um, he's it not the, doesn't seem like it. <laughs> they're not making moves to do that. Like, they're, they've been, like, I've heard shitting people- on the, the Polish attempts to, like, get MiG-29s uh, into Ukraine. Like, they've, they've, they, he has been pretty cautious about this. And you can think that's good or bad or neutral. I'm not really making a value judgment either way. It's a pretty messy situation. And of the U.S. presidents who have things to blame in Ukraine, I think he's kind of low on the list because Obama had two years, Trump had four uh, Biden had about a year of this going on before, like it it blew up. So it's it's a mess. Um, it is, a but mess. it's it's a lot of people's messes. Yeah, and I don't have. I'm not sitting here criticizing Biden either. Like I I I think it's a really tough situation. And I'm not trying to defend him either because I don't think he's yeah. done well. I just think, but like, like, yeah, man, I don't know what you do. I also, I also <laughs> kind of feel like time will tell yeah. if this is the right course of action if this was the right like who fucking knows what happens what are the fallout the long-term ramifications of putin succeeding and taking ukraine and what he does next or what happens and and you know like i I don't know yeah but for right now you have to do your best possible calculation with you with the information that you have and protect as many lives as possible um, I've heard people like journalists on podcasts saying like, well, for now, that's his decision. And like at a certain point, the crisis might get humanitarian crisis might get so big that, that he decides to. But I I see little reason to to see that right now, because it's like how. It's versus the oh. whole world, like getting the whole world involved. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't I mean, number one, it's also like not. I think there was a real question if, like, they had taken Ukraine quickly and then Russia had yeah. started making other belligerent moves towards other nations but- that are on their border of, like, oh, God, how bad could this get? But at this mm-hmm. point, 
So the 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 soldiers, the the armed forces that Russia arrayed on the Ukrainian border prior to the start of the war were about seventy five percent of their standing active duty military, right? Their actual capacity to to project military power about seventy five percent was on the Ukrainian border. Between six and ten, most credible estimates are six to eight percent of that is dead. Like of of their wow. of their like total standing kind of like like professional military force, which is titanic casualties. Yeah. They wouldn't um, be able to move on to another invasion. <laughs> yeah, there's not I, – I, I actually I, – the, the shockwaves of this politically, diplomatically, and, and, and indeed militarily and humanitarian matters like in a number of ways are going to be going on for the rest of our lives. But in terms of like the ability of this war to expand, Russia doesn't have a lot of bandwidth right now. Right. Um, and they are one of, I mean, a number of things are happening. One of, one of the things that's going to be, have an impact on this, it's going to have an impact on a bunch of stuff is that, um, COVID surging rates have shut down Shenzhen, which is what makes most of like a Mm -hmm. significant chunk of microchips, which in addition to being necessary for your Bitcoin mining rigs and your gaming PCs are also really necessary for modern military equipment. And Russia burnt through particularly a lot of the very best, most advanced Russian military equipment was blown up in the first like four days of this war, a significant percentage of their best shit, blown up or abandoned, tractored away by farmers, whatever. And not only economically is it going to be difficult to replace a lot of that stuff, you know, they have they have essentially endless amounts of like BMPs, these shitty armored personnel character carriers. They got a lot of like T-72s and whatnot. But when you're talking about like advanced SAM systems, high grade, like modern artillery, MLRS systems, which are these like multiple rocket launcher systems, those are require things in order to make more of them that number one, Russia is going to have trouble affording. And number two, the, the, the global bandwidth to produce the things that are necessary to make that has changed in a really significant way very soon, like very recently. Um, How long has China, but I know that they're back in a full blown outbreak right now. I'm Mm -hmm. wondering if it's going to be like a month thing, like here. Um, I don't know that I, nobody, who knows, right? Who (laughs) knows? Um, I'm Um, just saying my thoughts out loud. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I, I'm trying not to like come down too much on one side or the other, other than stating, I don't really see how a no fly zone would materially change the circumstances of this war in a way that would be worth the risk. Um, I'm not against, I don't know. It's messy. Like a bunch of weird things are going to happen in the a- aftermath of this war, including the fact that like an awful lot of military grade anti aircraft weaponry is just like around yeah. now in a lot yeah. of weird hands in a way that has never been the case. Um, and that could have some impacts. There's gonna there could Wait, be some yeah, knock on I mean, effects from that that are really to. negative. Pumping yeah. weapons anywhere is going yeah. to have uh, well, effects that you don't. Well, and a part of the know. insurgency that's inevitably going to happen, <laughs> you know, I mean, provided. Well, and Ukraine. it's just like some of it is like, yeah, we're sh- shipping stingers and man pads, like man pads and shit in there. And like, who knows what will happen with all of those. But also like a bunch of $20 million Russian anti-aircraft batteries are just like random people have them. Mm-hmm. And like. <laughs> there's a lot like there's a lot that hasn't happened before like n- nobody has ever dealt with this we've certainly had the situation of like oh yeah with the mujahideen in afghanistan like yeah some people were just like sh- like a bunch of fucking anti-aircraft rocket launchers that were man portable wound up in the hands of some sketchy people and like that was there there were some like consequences to that no one's ever had like the well yeah now this this system that can shoot down aircraft at 70,000 feet or whatever <laughs> That caught that only nation states can afford is just owned mm. by some guy named Igor in a forest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, what's going to happen with that? Yeah. Fill in the blank. Who yeah. knows? Anyone's guess. I'm sure it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah. Boy, you know what I like? Breaks. Is breaks. Welcome to the worst year ever. We'll get through it together or not. 
At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first like worthington and liz claiborne for her each in women's petite and plus sizes and stafford and mutual weave for him style and comfort for all even big and tall plus even more for the whole family like levi's and exertion here spring comes in all shapes sizes and colors jc penny make everybody count With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Melon Serum. This next generation serum has the power of Melon Leaf stem cell technology. It's Melon Leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Everything's so dumb, 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 We're back. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, but I, okay, they got a break, but we didn't get a break. No, we go right There's no time for breaks. Mm-hmm. Dive right in. Mm-hmm. Cody. What's up? 30 seconds. What's your solution to Ukraine? Stop it. Okay, good Good answer. Yep, yeah. that'll do. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And we nailed you're it. welcome. <laughs> the easy I... answers. Yeah. <laughs> it's called the four-second answer to the 30-second question. Mm-hmm. Well, um, that's going to do it for us here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Solved all the world's problems and yeah. uh, came back from break for one bit. What else are you mm-hmm. going to do? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, oh. That, my new, my new, my Google alert for the world and mm-hmm. the news tab just came up. Uh, Vladimir Putin responds to Cody's statement. Um, oh, what did he say? I, I get, yeah, nope. It, it, he, he said, okie dokie. Um, That's okay. It? Okay. Yeah. So uh, it's Zelensky... a good thing we stream these episodes live to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Piped right into Russia. They don't. They don't let anything on air, but uh, or through, but but us for some us, reason for sure. Yeah. yeah. Interesting That's... that um and Tulsi immediately responded to me, and yet has yet to respond to Elon Musk's challenge to physically fight him. God, there's oh my nothing God, I want there's more. something there's nothing we can I talk want about. More. It's one of those things. I don't. I don't care who would win. I just want to see it. Mm-hmm. Let's. Yes, let's have it happen. It's so Go embarrassing. Yeah, it's, it is, it's pretty it? crazy. So unbelievably embarrassing, and it kills me that so many people drive his fucking cars. Mm. <laughs> it, it's one of those I, things. I know that they're good for the world, and that's great and stuff. But you know, they all know who he is. Yeah. Get a different one. They all there's lots of electric cars. My my. I'm not going to hate you, but like, I'm not going to date you. <laughs> it's, it's, I got a buddy right now who is like, he's, he's, he's essentially retired because he's, um, um, got disabled in the military and stuff. And he just like took a, got a ride to Odessa to help with like, uh, the flow of orphans that are being created as a result of this war. And like uh-huh. Elon Musk, 20 million bucks, a rounding error for him, send a bunch of people in to like help 
get LGBT people out, help deal with the with mm. orphans, help get civilians out, and don't tell anybody. It'll come out six yeah. to eight months later. It'll yeah. come no, out no, no, that like, no, no, oh, no, no, he, no, he, no, needs publicly, he needs to publicly push his star. Well, because it's not going to work. That was going to be my question. That would be better for his I, PR I have, if it comes mm. out later that he, yeah, like, we've never, right, just did it. So, but here's the thing. I, I wanted to bring it up anyway when we started talking about Elon Musk. Has Perfect. anybody received any word on how Starlink is faring? Because if you recall, I mean, I don't know if I've mentioned it on the show, what show or in my dreams, but um, my parents tried getting Starlink because they live in an area without good uh, internet and they couldn't use it because there are trees around. So if there is like, well, a yeah, you're going to have a problem with trees. You're going to have not trees, a tree. If there's a tree, it will disrupt service easily for people. So I feel like that might be a problem. Also, the last I checked, people have to have terminals on the ground, and those are like $600. Did he distribute terminals to people so that they could access the Starlink stuff? You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm i very curious as to how. Because everybody was sharing that and saying, this is a, you know what, this Elon Musk. You might have your thoughts on Elon Musk, but this is pretty cool. And I said, maybe. Is it? <laughs> you know well like anyway is it is it right i mean it's definitely a pr thing it's a pr thing doing. um yeah also like he's not clearly not taking it seriously anyway um and yeah. it's like you know posting memes about how people who support ukraine are like yeah how like, I don't how, know. how being horrified at seeing another set of cities carpet bombed into powder is like bandwagoning as opposed to like NPC talk like two and a half million refugees have been created in less than three weeks what a fucking nightmare Um, Mm -hmm. which is like what most people are doing most people's reaction to Ukraine you know the the takes on Twitter are 50-50 but most people's reaction is just like oh god this looks awful because it is Mm -hmm. and that's like a reasonable way to look at a a war is he Um, human no, not really. He's rich. Um, yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's he, he never does. I mean, if there is anybody that I think might be an alien yeah. in human skin, it's him. Or these two people I saw on a walk yesterday. Mm. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with aliens. But they were cute. No, no, they were sweet. They just yeah. spooked me a little. That's <laughs> fine. Uh, so, I mean, you know, there's cool shit going on. Uh, uh, there's stories coming out of the UK right now that one Russian oligarch's mansion has been occupied by a bunch yeah. of anarchists who intend to... I mean, last I heard, the cops were lining up outside. I'm not sure if... But but kind of forcing the police to either let them do it or defend an oligarch's property is a pretty yeah. neat move. Also, um, was there a story out of France or something? Like, there's I haven't some about- verified that one, so yeah. I, I don't know what the state. But, but um, I'm into it. Yeah, I like the idea of people occupying. I mean, we'll start with Well, Russian they also oligarchs. are using some of like, those properties for um, refugees. Yeah, to, to host refugees. That's a great idea. Again, I think other kinds of oligarchs we could take their houses to. But if it starts with Russian oligarchs, that's fine to mm-hmm. me. Yeah, like, I it's all going to start that. somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that would be neat. You guys want to talk about Missouri? It's part of the world. Really, it is, and it yeah. is a part of this terrible year. I wish um, it weren't. As someone who was born in St. Louis, I certainly wish it weren't. So part of the world. Yeah, Missouri is going to pass this law that bans um, <laughs> abortions of ectopic pregnancies. Um, an ectopic pregnancy takes place out is when the seed is implanted outside of the uterus. It is not viable. Um, it you cannot carry a child to term and have it survive. It will kill the woman. It'll kill the mother. And it, oof. I mean, how, how I don't I don't I don't I do not understand the rationale and the thinking behind thinking that this is. Um, I, I don't understand the logic. How it's just facts of what this yeah. is. <laughs> like, yeah, there's no um, life being saved here. You're you're killing people. Yeah, no, it, it's yeah. Well, I mean, it's because this is. I mean, ultimately, they just want to. Uh, you know, we all know what they want to do. Ultimately, um, I mean, is there any way this is? You know where uh, you, you're like doing doing something that's like completely unreasonable and. I and feel awful. like this has to get struck uh, down. I'm sure it will. Like, it's like, it's, 
it's ludicrous. Um, but it's the kind of thing that like, okay, well, we won't, you know, I don't know, just making like crafting the and pushing these like very uh, uh, awful bills. And then when they're struck down, be like, okay, well, we'll do We'll do a I'm, reasonable I, it, one. It might that, be that, some like, sort of... Quote, reasonable, and then yeah. they get what they actually want, right? It, it it might be some sort of move like that, for sure. But it's just... um, Ooh, it's just really hard to see. Not to be some white feminist, because there's lots of harder things that... Not harder. Gosh, here I am checking... Choosing my words very carefully. But it, it is hard to watch... Um, them chip away at this and know what's coming and know that ultimately like in a few months they are almost certainly about to overturn Roe and it's like a, a slow motion car crash happening and so like yeah okay maybe this but it's still fucking offensive um, and scary and yep. then also it's a des- designed so like when it doesn't pass you're like well at least that didn't happen yeah no fuck mm-hmm. that's like tantamount to murder of a person yeah. that's <laughs> of a mom mm-hmm. uh, yeah. that could go and have an actual pregnancy that could is already probably heartbroken that she can't carry a, a child to term because also guess what a lot of most people it's not like women don't are, are aborting babies left and right the decision to to not have a child is deeply personal and very difficult for most yeah. anywho that's my little soapbox um so yeah maybe it's something that we don't but I still think you we deserve to be angry about it, even if I don't think that it will ultimately stand. And we should continue to be we're gonna just be seeing this continuing yeah, it's, no, on it's and on. A lot like trans rights and, and the different bills aimed at targeting and trans youth. We're just gonna keep seeing it. We're gonna keep seeing this. These are the things that they can do and chip away and chip away and change subtly change public perceptions i've had so many conversations i went this one person i won't even give more information just saying like well yeah but it is a a big deal if it's a gender affirming surgery when not to completely pivot this whole conversation gender affirming surgery at a young age and i'm like you are accidentally talking sharing a a right-wing talking point you know like you are accidentally buying into this narrative and that's how it happens even if people don't even know it's happening they're like well maybe this point's valid no it's not (laughs) it's not valid i think a big now i'm off my soapbox here I, i i can't even remember if i brought this up in another podcast i talk about it a lot when you like look at when you when you read kind of like actual scholarly analyses about the early years the Third Reich was in power. One of the things you come across a lot is this like problem they had where in order to get into power, they had to make a lot of like really bug fuck claims to get like number one, to get people riled up to like uh set kind of some of the ideological stages and like create this sort of zero sum game. There's a lot of like different promises they made and like things they would talk about ideologically that once they were in power, no one had any idea how to translate into policy because mm-hmm. it was just nuts. And so a big chunk of their early years was like finding out how to actually like what the policy versions of all of these crazy promises were looked like. And we get a lot of the things that were like most fucked up and horrible and weird from the Third Reich out of this period. And what you're seeing in these states where the GOP has effectively demolished any kind of opposition to Republican policy is number one, all these like bug fuck things they say to go viral – they have to figure out like, well, what does the law version of this look mm-hmm. like? And the other thing going on is that like, well, we've already effectively banned abortion. So if you're a Republican congressperson or if you're running for office and or you want to like get reelection or whatever, you're trying to keep your name in the news as a Republican policymaker, there's nothing really more to do there except crazy shit so that you can say you're still you're, – you're fighting for the pro-life thing even though there's nothing more to fight for in Texas in that in the, in the state yeah. you're in because you've effectively banned it. You have to keep doing things to, to keep the donations and shit yep. coming. So Absolutely. you say, well, now we're banning ectopic pregnancies and like, right. like that's, yeah. or, that's, that's why this is happening. Yeah. Or like the CRT stuff where it's like right. you're ba- railing against that for a year and then suddenly it's like, well, now you can't teach about Martin Luther King Jr. Like there's just yeah. all this stuff. It's like, well, on a policy level, once you actually decide what it is, it's ridiculous and yeah. unworkable. And that's, I mean, also with trans rights and yeah. all the, again, yeah, that's exactly. why I looped it in. And it's all, it's all part of it. These are the new thing goalposts and they'll just keep 
finding something else. One of the things that I think is funny out of all this is that like Beto O'Rourke, who is <laughs> hopelessly running for governor again, like looked at the political situation in Texas and was like, all right, well, the thing that I have to compromise with the right on in order to win, win real or in order to have a chance at election is critical race theory. I'm going to keep saying I'm going to take everyone in Texas's guns. That's that's fine. I think I can win making that it's, claim. Did he, CRT is where to make the compromise with the minute. right. What is how is he compromising on CRT? Um, he made a statement that like he doesn't believe critical race theory should be taught in schools <gasps> or some shit. Oh yeah, my god. yeah. I just, let, me, oh. let me find the yeah, yeah. Oh it, my god, dude! It's just like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> well, because it isn't because it isn't taught in schools, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but, like, but like losing it's yeah. really gross. Okay, I see. yeah. He was asked like I'm sure it's one of those things where like he made a statement that's not nearly as as, he, as he's, clear he's as like what right wing not media a good is doing communicator. Which no, means he was, maybe he's he's not like going to be a good politician. Do you support or, like, critical race theory? And I think he said no. He said like, he doesn't think CRT should be taught in yeah. schools because what he's trying to do is say like, well, CRT is like this law term that they teach right. in yeah. law schools, and yeah. I don't think it should be taught in schools because and it's not. Okay. Uh, I, I think you and I are probably on the same book. page as well. We don't see CRT being taught in our schools right now. It is a course that is taught in law schools. I don't think CRT should be taught in our schools. That's just help. That's so he's so bad at this. Like, yeah, he's so bad the, at the this. right answer. The like the right thing is like it's not. You're lying to people. It's not. You're lying to people, it, it, and yeah. it's fine to teach the history of racism in our but, nation. Yeah. So his uh, response is like, let's give them, let's 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 respond to this in a way that like makes the obvious soundbite because I don't think he gets. I don't know. He's he's not he's not he's not going to be the governor of Texas. Y'all. No, he's not. <laughs> not going like to do him, it. That's fine. He's not going to be the governor of Texas. He's it's it's just not going to happen. A different kind of person is necessary yeah. to be the governor Man, of he Texas. Did a terrible he's job of that question. Oh, yeah, that's a real, I'm looking at it now. That is a really bad response because it's just like giving people in easy Oh yeah. I mean, it's the, got a yeah. I'm sure I don't know if listeners are super aware of Christopher Rufo, but he's this Think really tank yeah. Yeah. who's like uh, no. you know he's no, like he's like the guy leading the charge for if he were Rufio he'd have been stabbed admitting that he's Dustin conflating Hoffman. everything uh, with everything else in order to make it confusing and then you ban everything that's his whole his whole thing yeah. is out there but that's now you have check. him tweeting Beto O'Rourke becomes the first prominent Democrat to flip against critical race theory yeah yeah that, well that's we not go. what happened that's but not what happened there it but is it because Beto you're bad at this yeah I don't know. <sighs> Look, that's going to be the episode for us. Yeah, it is, isn't it? That feels if right. You wanna, feels if good. you want to pick yourself up a little, imagine Christopher Rufo getting stabbed by Dustin Hoffman dressed as a pirate. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's nice. Mm-hmm. Or um, yeah. um, being a dolphin, saving people and hiding them in yeah, underground sea caves. Sure. That's a fun yeah. thing to imagine. Or being a dolphin, like me. stabbing Christopher Rufo. Looky, looky, oh, there we I go. got hooky. And then giving, giving a high stabbed. five to Dustin I once Hoffman. saw the real, the actual Rufio mm-hmm. at Yogurtland. Oh, that's good. Mm. And I'm sorry, but it's just so much like the colorful food that they throw at each other that it, oh, perfect, yeah. it it's perfect that, that's, and right. That's a good place to I see Rufio. I was like... This is gonna be amazing, <laughs> but I did not throw mm-hmm. it at him. But I wanted have. to. You did have. you guys know that when they were making Hook, one of my favorite movies, perfect film, so good. Um, that the actor who played Shmi, who was also the main character in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which blew my oh. mind. Yeah, Bob Hoskins. Oh. Yeah, Bob Hoskins. Hos- sorry. Yeah, uh, Hoskins. Yeah, he and Dustin Hoffman, who played Hook, decided to play their characters as if they were longtime gay romantic partners. <gasps> Uh, they just didn't want to say it, but like that's how we're actually going to play it. Like that's oh, the dynamic. I didn't and it, it's know perfect. that. It's perfect. Well, oh. I'm rewatching that tonight. Oh, it's so Maybe. good. Um, awesome. Fucking, yeah, love it. it this great. is such a good uh, Bob Hoskins film. Incredible what a pro. actor. What a Rest fucking pro. Yeah, we really dovetailed this episode mm-hmm. with some uh, hot Rex. pop, co- mm-hmm. hot pop cult talk. Hot All right, pop we're Rex. Done. There we go. Bookended it, baby. Later. Worst Year Ever is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. 
Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.